Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's your host, Lee Mod Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas, on this June 26th Wednesday night. Happy to be here. Glad to be back on the show with live, really, with my super producer, A-Rod, here. And A-Rod, we have a lot of stuff to kind of get caught up on, recap from last week, as well as kind of preview the NFL training camp. We're a month away from training camp kicking off. Uh, I'll be covering the Houston Texans camp, as well as A-Rod's a big, huge fan of Seattle Seahawks. I'll probably get your opinion later in the show, what you expect, your expectations of your team, Seattle, going into the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, going into the training camp uh, later this month. Uh, starting off with the show, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA draft recap from last week. So I talked a lot about the NBA draft last Wednesday prior to the NBA draft kicking off on Thursday night and exactly how I anticipated, pretty much everyone anticipated that Zion Williamson would be number one pick uh, from Duke and he ended up going to New Orleans uh, for the Pelicans. So Here's my thought. I thought Zion was a Zion Williamson was a shoe in fit for the number one pick uh, for the NBA draft. I believe that he has above and beyond talent to be in the NBA and dominate. Uh, well, it's going to, it's going to, only time will tell if he's going to dominate in the NBA. Right away, he's going to get the keys to the Ferrari A Rod, and he's going to be the guy leading that franchise. The city of New Orleans loves him already. They have a parade and and from the film and from the footage I've seen of him arriving to the city. They have embraced their new leader. Uh, so far, he hasn't even made a basket <laughs> on the court. But uh, Zion Williamson is a kid that's out of South Carolina, worked his way up uh, from AAU basketball, uh, high school basketball, state champion, went to Duke for one year. Had a really entertaining first season for Duke. Um, and then everyone kind of thought Duke was going to walk into the Final Four, didn't make it to the Final Four. But Zion put enough uh, stock in and had enough equity uh, throughout the season where he just solidified his spot as the number one draft pick. Uh, he's going to play power forward, but I can always see him more like a LeBron James type of player. And he's going to be like a point forward. So he's going to probably have the basketball in his hands a lot. Uh, now with the new style of basketball in the NBA, where guys can kind of spread out and like the Golden State Warriors and and attack you that way. I really believe Zion Williamson is going to work on his, well, just he's going to work on all his skill sets, but especially his jump shot and uh, be able to dribble off the pick and roll and be able to free himself up against defenders. Uh, he's going to see a lot of double teams. Uh, but, you know, if he doesn't really force a lot of things and just let things come to him, he'll be the player that everyone anticipates, especially he has an opportunity to be the player to be the rookie of the year. And to be an all-star, you know, that was some of his goals, or it should be some of his goals. His first season is to be an all-star, after being an all-star, well, really command that team and be a leader for the team in the city. Uh, from there, be an all-star, and also have a chance to win and compete for the Rookie of the Year award in the NBA. All right, jumping down, some other picks kind of were predictable in the NBA draft. John Morari, he went to... Uh, Memphis, as we predicted last week on the show, R.J. Barrett, he ended up going to New York out of Dukes. So R.J. Barrett and, and Zion Williamson, the top two, well, top three picks, two players out of Duke, 
going in the NBA draft. And if you're Coach K right now, man, you got to really be selling that A-Rod far as to your recruits, future recruits, people that want to come play college basketball, the next prospect. You say, look, you come to Duke, we get you drafted. We can just not get you drafted. We get you number one draft, draft pick or number three. And that's a real, that's some really good leverage if you're Coach uh, Mike Suchetsky or basically Coach K. I'm trying to say his whole name. Coach K, and you visit these parents and you sit in their houses, and hey, man, look, okay, then we we get it done. That's why I'll be saying. I'll just sit in the front room if I was Coach K and be like, look, we get it done at Duke. If your son want to come here, we get him, we'll, we'll just not give him great education, but we'll also give him a chance to on the biggest platform. Uh, Duke basketball, but then also they have the opportunity to play at the next level if he wants to. I mean, you can definitely tell uh, we have guys going to the NBA. I mean, look at Zion Williamson. Look at R.J. Barrett. You know, those type of guys. And just go on and on and on. That's because at one point, and I'm veering away from the NBA draft talk, but I remember at one point that's what uh, John Calipari was doing over at Kentucky. I mean, literally, he would go to the draft because he had about four or five guys getting drafted from John Wall to uh, AD, Anthony Davidson to, I mean, you can name these players. And he had guys coming in every year, one and done, one and done. Um, and he was at the draft and he would use that footage and he would use that image that he had at the draft for guys just coming the next year and be like, look, I'm getting these guys in the NBA. That's what a lot of the young players want to see anyway. They want to see, okay, if you're a cool coach, can I play underneath him? And the next thing they want to think, can I make it to the NBA? And if they can make it to the NBA under this coach, they're going to sign on that line and go to that university. And a lot of coaches use that as leverage. A lot of coaches use that as uh, opportunities to recruit kids to the university. So back to the draft. All right, so RJ Barrett goes number three. DeAndre uh, Hunter out of Virginia. You know, and it was a lot of talk, and we definitely talked about this last week, A-Rod, is that I thought Darius Garland was going to go number four, but it was a trade, and it looked like um, New Orleans traded out with Atlanta, and Atlanta ended up jumping up at the number four. New Orleans jumped down to number eight. Uh, Atlanta took DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia, kind of like a, um, a slasher. He's a small four slash power four. can get it done for you. I really like uh, – I've seen a lot of DeAndre Hunter, believe it or not. I'm originally from Virginia, but I've seen a lot of them throughout the season, especially when in the championship. Uh, you know, that was uh, an opportunity for me to see him more. At 6'8", 227, uh, he has a 7'2 wingspan. That's unbelievable. Man. I mean, this guy has a long range and he's able to attack the basket. Uh, arguably the best defender in college basketball. There you go. So you have – if you're Atlanta right now, think about it. they got Trey. And they got now they got DeAndre Hunter, and it seems like Atlanta's the team creeping up on a lot of people. I really thought they had a really good draft. Uh, they got Cam Red, uh, Reddish uh, out of Duke, another small four. So they pretty much loading up in the front court uh, with Trey Young at the point guard position, and he worked through his ups and downs as a rookie. He didn't win didn't win a rookie of the year award, and we'll talk more about the award ceremony uh, next segment. But you can definitely tell. Uh, Atlanta's building through the draft against blue chip guys, uh, you know, from Duke. You get guys from Virginia, ACC guys. Uh, I really like, I thought Atlanta did a, a really good job. Uh, Atlanta did a really good job in the first round, jumping out there, grabbing some blue chip guys uh, with their draft picks. Really skimming through here. Uh, there's Garland. Vanderbilt, the point guard, ended up going to Cleveland. 
uh, uh, Jared uh, Colbert out of Texas Tech. He's another guy shooting shooting guard I really like. You know, he's uh, pretty big at 6'7", 194. Uh, he ended up going to Minnesota. Jump it down. Let's see here. Finishing up the top 10. Cody White out of uh, Kobe White out of North Carolina. Shooting guard ended up going to looks like the Bulls. That's dope. That's awesome right there. He ended up going to the Bulls. Um, Bulls need some help, man. They need some some help real bad. So Kobe White going to to Chicago. Jason Harris, uh, Hayes, excuse me, Jason Hayes going to the Pelicans. Center out of Texas. And let's see here. Cameron Johnson out of North Carolina. Okay, got picked up at number 11. Going to the Suns. I talked about this last week, A-Rod. I asked you what the Suns need. It looks like they need a power forward. They end up getting the power forward uh, from North Carolina. Uh, 69205 Cameron Johnson. So uh, let me go one more before I kind of wrap this thing up. Who else kind of jumped out there to me? Um, let's go down here. The Celtics, they end up getting Grant Williams uh, out of Tennessee, power forward. I thought that was a good selection for them. And that's pretty much it. From The Rockets really didn't have any draft picks so, uh, throughout this draft, but they were very aggressive trying to pick up some free agents. So uh, uh don't have a lot to talk about about the Houston Rockets based due to the fact that I'm based here in Houston. But uh, pretty overall, it was an entertaining uh, draft. We knew who the top three was going to be but you didn't know how things were going to take place after the fourth pick. And with Atlanta sneaking up there, making that trade with New Orleans to getting DeAndre Hunter, that really set the tone for the remaining of the draft. So all in all, good draft, uh, good entertaining draft. We needed some, some content for the show. Uh, Zion Williamson, I will definitely be keeping my eyes on him as uh, he prepares to pay his first rookie year for the NBA. And I uh, hope all goes well for him as well as all the other rookies and, and just try to make an impact, really. It's just one day at a time, make an impact on your team, first and foremost. And from there, you'll shine throughout the league. So that's my advice to the rookies. Uh, I'm excited to see how things play out this season. So looks like we're coming up on our first break, A-Rod. So we're going to break now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more NBA. And they had their award uh, ceremony and award show here this past week. I want to talk about the MVP as well as the Rookie of the Year. Next one, Outside the Huddle. Your host, Lemont Williams, live from Houston, Texas. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the boys will be taking a trifecta approach to outdoor recreation. They'll discuss summer fishing tactics and how to make the most of your summer by camping like a champ. Joining Jim and Trav will be Laramie Miller from Last of a Breed, Melissa Bachman of Winchester Deadly Passion, and Keith Daffron with Vex's Boats. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. All right, hey, Rob, we wrapped up the first segment. I kind of gave you my thoughts and opinions on the NBA draft, recapping the draft. Uh, the NBA draft from last Thursday was Zion Williamson going number one. I want to kind of segue and talk about the NBA awards uh, show or NBA awards ceremony from last, uh, I want to see it was on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, I want to believe. But anyway, the award show that the NBA hosts every year at the end of the year to acknowledge players for their accomplishments throughout the season. So some of the things that I saw before I get to the MVP, uh, I want to talk about uh, a couple of guys here jumping down um, coach of the year, went to the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. And I really thought it should have went to Doc Rivers, uh, my opinion. Doc, I feel like he really resurrected that team. Uh, L.A. Clippers uh, got them into the playoffs. And, um, you know, with the tough situation in the West, he was there to make do what he had, and I thought Doc Rivers should have got him be a coach of the year. That's just my opinion, but, hey, uh, it is what it is. Uh, let's jump up here. It's the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, uh, should have went to Paul George, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Rudy Gobert out of Utah got it. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, when you think about it, Utah Jazz, man, there was a tough, grimy out competitive team this year. Uh, didn't really know too much. Didn't really know how they was going to attack you uh, defensively. Offensively, you knew what you was getting, but defensively, there was a different team. And seeing the Utah Jazz uh, player wins the defense, uh, Colbert, Gobert win the Defense of the Year Award, that's, you know, that's outstanding. I, I really believe that's uh, that's a really big step for them 
for Utah Jazz and their team going into the season next year. <clears throat> so hats off to the Utah Jazz and the defensive player, uh, Goldberg, as they acknowledge him and he wins the defensive player of the year. All right, Rudy Goldberg. All right, going back up, sixth man of the year. Okay, Lou Williams, I like that. I like the fact that Lou Williams got the award. Actually, had two L.A. Clippers uh, on there. Uh, and Lou, uh, Lou Williams ended up winning sixth man of the year. It was a one, one point in time, it was, I can't think of the player's name, but it seemed like he won it every year. Uh, but Lou Williams, again, it goes back to what I stated earlier about the L.A. Clippers and Doc Rivers, in my opinion, should have been coach of the year. You know, he has two players nominated and one winning for six man of the year award. And that just goes back to the coaching coaching. Uh, in my opinion was, was phenomenal for the LA Clippers this year. From Doc Rivers. All right. Jumping up to the rookie of the year. Um, I thought Trey Williams, I mean, Trey Young should have got it, but uh, the young man out of Dallas, Luca, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I think, Don Key, uh, Don something. Uh, I leave it at that. I don't even want to mess his last name up. But Trey Young, uh, to me, should have got it. Uh, DeAndre out of Phoenix. There you go. Um, a Rod, you know, the young man, a rookie. He was number two, but Trey Young came in number three. I thought Trey should have won it due to the fact that he had more pressure on him to be successful in Atlanta. I thought he was very comp- competitive and was able to. Uh, shine and fight through some tough times, and but he was nominated, so we'll see how he goes into the second year. All right, wrapping up this award show, MVP goes to the Greek the Freak. Uh, everyone knows about Milwaukee Bucks, big man, and what he did on the court this year. He ended up winning the MVP award. Surprisingly, Paul George came in number two, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and looks like here. James Harden came in number three. No, I take that back. Greek the Freak came in number one. James Harden came in number two. Paul George was number three. So those are the top three. Uh, now, let, let me give you my thoughts. Should I be upset that Greek the Freak won? No. I really believe that this young man is developing to one of the best big men that we're ever going to see in the NBA. He has a combination of Shaquille O'Neal down low, dunking the basketball to... Man, who can I say? He, he I'm trying to think what big man it reminds me of a guy that can run the floor. Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett. Well, you can see a big man take the ball and take it coast to coast and be able to slam dunk it and just control the outcome. Uh, you know, Greek the freak man. This guy here, he's one of those guys going to change the whole East basketball uh, without LeBron in the East anymore. You know, you don't know what Kawhi Leonard is going to do if he's going to go to the West with the free agency. Uh, he pretty much owns the East right now. Uh, I don't really see anybody slowing him down. And him winning the MVP is only going to build his confidence and help him become a better player uh, this all season. So, James Harden, what can you say about this guy, man? He was the MVP last year, this year. Came right back, the same consistency, same mindset, dominated throughout the regular season. Uh, didn't didn't get over that hump of beating Golden State in the playoffs. But James, man, he he was dropping 50, 50, uh, 50 dimes throughout the season. He had some couple games. He had fifty points, 
and he was very impressive, man. His numbers was outstanding. Kevin, carrying the Rockets when players went down. Chris Paul went down. Clinton Capella went down. And uh, James continued to be consistent. I don't think he missed too many games this year. A lot of people don't talk about that, that James Harden doesn't miss a lot of games. Uh, and he brings it each and every night as a, as a consistent player. And the Houston Rockets, man, definitely looking to rebuild. Not really rebuild. I want to say, I call it reloading. They're looking to reload uh, as free agency mark come, creeps up here starting next week. I think uh, Monday is the NBA free agency. So uh, they're looking to bring, I want to say, uh, Butler. Uh, they're looking to entertain and do a sign and trade and bring Butler. And we'll, we'll break down the NBA free agency a little bit more in the next segment. But um, James Harden, man, I just... Oh, you know, you got to get somebody award. And Greek the Freak, I believe, really earned it. He elevated the Milwaukee Bucks, elevated the East, elevated the league. And I think that will really, and besides him dominating, I'm not going to take away from his ability uh, to be a dominant player and, and his ability to be able to consistently lead his team and, and score at, 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 not at will, but score uh, at, during, during tough times. Put it like that, scoring during tough times. Uh, but James Harden, though. Uh, I just really believe that James is uh, was a phenomenal player this year uh, for the Houston Rockets, and he should have had an opportunity to be able to make it further in the playoffs, but it didn't work out for him that way. So, speaking of the Rockets, real quick, well, that kind of wraps up the awards for the NBA. Let's look here. Jump down, all NBA team, first team, Greek the Freak. James Harden, Stephen Curry, Paul George. Um, let's jump down. Let's see here. All rookie team: Trey Young, DeAndre, uh, Jared Jackson Jr., uh, Marvin Beagle. Uh, the third. Let's see here. Rudy Gobert, Paul George, all defensive team. Marcus Smart. Believe it or not, is on there from the Boston Celtics. Eric Bledsoe from the Milwaukee uh, Bucks. So two Milwaukee Bucks on all defensive team. All right, then. All right, going over back to the Rockets. So the Rockets look here. There, you know, here's this time of the year where, you know, the Rockets general manager really gets busy and he wants to be able to put it out there, make a splash that they're looking to pick up some talent to kind of help you know, the Rockets, and, and hopefully get over that hump. And if there's a chance to get over the hump, it's now. You know, you know uh, with the Rockets, excuse me, with the Golden State Warriors having significant injuries to their couple of their players, uh, Thompson, and you got Durant out. It's a, there's a window opportunity to sneak through that, through that window and uh, try to make a splash in the West. It's, it's going into next season because you don't know how – uh, Golden State's going to recover with those players down. So the Rockets are thrown out there to the media and they want to entertain the opportunity to uh, get Jimmy Butler. Uh, Butler had a one, had a, well, got traded from Minnesota to uh, Philly. And it looks like he's going to entertain opportunities to go as a free agent. Uh, so the Rockets are willing to let go Clinton Capella, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. Uh, which is reporting the sign and trade deal with the Philadelphia 76ers for Jimmy Butler. So 
we'll see. We'll see how that works out for the Rockets. Uh, Rockets have don't have a lot of cap space uh, due to some of the contracts they have in place. Uh, Clinton Capella, uh, he has sixty-six million on his contract. Gordon has fourteen. Tucker has sixteen. Um, but then again, you have Chris Paul's situation where he has a max deal, and you have uh, James Harden; he has a max deal as well. So. I don't know, man. The Rockets, it just feels like, I don't think they, I think they think it's more offense, but it's, to me it's more defense. But then I can see why you bring Jimmy Butler here. He's a local guy from Texas. He's from really from Tomball, Texas. Uh, he'll bring a, a toughness and a defensive type of player first, but he can score as well uh, to the team. I just feel like, man, there's this, with the Rockets, man, it just—it's hard to kind of figure out exactly what they need to get over the hump, um, and, and I just think it starts defensively. Because offense, you know, they're going to score, they're going to do their thing. You got James Hart, Chris Paul, you got guys can 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 give you thirty or thirty points tonight, and James Harden is going to be that guy. But defensively, is where it's going to play a role for them. Defensively, is where they're going to have to improve in order for them to be. To make it past the Golden States and the and any other team that they play uh, in the playoffs next year, so I want to see how that works out for them. Hopefully, uh, they can get Jimmy Butler. If not, uh, they might just be fishing right now, just throwing out there and let the, let everybody know in the league that they're willing to do a sign a trade deal. It might not be with Jimmy Butler; it could be with somebody else. We'll see how that plays out. All right, Golden State, uh, Kevin Durant. You know, it's been reported that he declined a 3.1 uh, or 31.5 million player option deal, so he will be an unrestricted free agent coming Monday. Uh, due to the Achilles and the uphill battle that he have with that Achilles heel injury, uh, a lot of teams are really needing a, a star player. Uh, NBA, I mean, uh, New York Knicks need one, the Brooklyn Nets, and the LA Clippers. So. If, if I'm the Nets, I'm excuse me, if I'm the Knicks, I'm going after uh, Kevin Durant because you have R.J. Barrett, the guy you just drafted. It's going to take him a year to get developed. Well, it's going to, he's going to have a rookie year, ups and downs, but it's going to take Kevin Durant a year to kind of get back to where he was. So you let R.J. Barrett develop and, and become a better player. So when Durant comes back, then there you go. You have your two scoring weapons. So We'll talk a little bit more about NBA free agency next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Lee Mont-Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. All right, segment number three, I want to continue to talk about the NBA and their free agency as it comes up on Monday. And Bringing in my super producer right now, A-Rod. And A-Rod, you know, you watched the Golden State Warriors for the last two years, and you see how dominant they, they were or they is until someone, well, I guess, until Toronto knocked them off their throne this year by winning the championship. So with that being said, if you're Kevin Durant or if you're Clay Thompson right now, uh, with free agency around the corner on Monday, what what is your mindset? If you're starting with Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, you got an Achilles heel injury. You know that's going to be an uphill battle to recover. It's probably going to take you a year to get back to where you were before. Um, and he had an opportunity to take a player's option, but he opted out, which is going to make him an unrestricted free agent starting Monday. So if you're Kevin Durant, you got teams like the New York Knicks, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and the L.A. Clippers, with those three teams I just listed, how do you feel? What team would be more entertaining for you if you're Kevin Durant as a free agent? I mean, if I was Kevin Durant right now in his, in his position, my first priority would be my health. I would care more about my health versus, you know, the team that, that wants me, that's going to be paying me millions of dollars to be able to, to do the things that I do, you know? Like, he's hurt. <laughs> and, you know, when you get hurt, you know, things like this where, where you, you hurt, like, anything – or what was it? He he tore his uh, Achilles or something like that, or yeah. ACL. Mm-hmm. Either or, you know, th- those aren't like easy things to, like your body to recover. You know, those those will definitely take time. And you know, I feel like for him, he needs to just relax, take the year off, you know, and focus more on his health and re- and getting the recovery back that he needs, so that way he can be able to perform for these top teams that he wants. And you know, he's got he's got options, and you know, all these options are available. And you know. It doesn't matter which team he goes to, you know, he's still going to be like the the franchise player for that team and all that stuff. And he'll be in a good position, but, you know, um, at the end of the day, it really just comes back down to your health. You know, you got to be able to make sure you can be able to perform to, you know, the standards of what that franchise or that team wants you to be and all that stuff, you know. But I think really for him, after after this, after he does recover and, you know, get get everything good, I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to be fine, really. Yeah, the key is that you you said is that he has options and – 
having options is a good thing. It's never a, a negative or bad thing. And having Kevin Durant uh, to take a year off, kind of like a redshirt year, take a year off to get back to where he, mentally and physically after that injury, you know the skill set is there. He's in his prime right now, so he's going to still be playing at an all-time high level. But, you know, with those three teams, just say let's speak hypothetical now. So he's back 100% healthy. Or no, not 100% healthy. But we know that he has to go through rehab, and he's focusing on his health, like you stated. But with those three teams, the New York Knicks, uh, Brooklyn Nets, and the L.A. Clippers, with those three teams on the table, which city is more entertaining to you and which team is more entertaining to you going forward as Kevin Durant? Uh, you know, with the Clippers being in L.A., you know, down the street from the Lakers and all that stuff, you know, you, you already know what you're going to get with that. Uh, versus, uh-huh. like, the other teams, you go to the Knicks, you, you're going to be in New York, you know, you, you know you're going to be in the city life and you're going to be doing, like, the things that, that are out there. But, you know, I think, I think for Kevin Durant, if he wants to go to get another championship, um, he, I think he should definitely, you know, I think he should stay where he's at with with Golden State. But if he does decide to leave, you know, and he wants to go do his own thing, I think I think maybe uh, who was it? The Bucks, you said, or the uh, what was what was, the, what was the second team? It was it was the Knicks, the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and L.A. Clippers. I think for him, if he went to the Nets, I think he'd be re- reviving that franchise and bringing them up. Um, I, I yeah. think for him. I think he should just stay back in L.A. where he's at and go over to the Clippers and, you know, be able to perform with them, you know, get them to a championship and then, you know, go down uh, for helping the Clippers get to where they need to be because I don't think they've won a championship. So, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they won one ever. Yeah, so I yeah. think really it would be great for him to, to go there and be able to give that opportunity to the, to the franchise. And, you know, he's already used to the yeah. area and, you know, it'll cut down the cost yeah. of him having to move his, anything he held over to the other teams, so you know, I feel like he should just stay where, stay, you know, in in the state, go to the Clippers, or you know, just get your health back and stay with Golden State, and you know, get your revenge on you know, getting another championship because it seemed more like he was more devastated in losing. Obviously, they had all the, the right people to get the job done, but the the performance just wasn't there. Yeah, I, if I was him, I'm just being biased. If I was him, I'll, I'll entertain the New York Knicks because there's not a lot of pressure there. I mean, it's pressure from the media. Area standpoint, because you know, you know, New York Knicks, NBA, the mecca of the, of the Garden, but it's not pressure right away to win right, right away. Like he will be embraced for the Knicks fans right away because they they've been looking for a star player for years, and the fact that they know that it's going to take him time to get back, that anticipation will just continue to build up for for the New York Knicks. And he's an East Coast guy, you know, out of D.C. Maryland area. Maybe he wants to get back home. I, I, I think with him winning championships with Golden State, MVP awards with Golden State, and he has, you know, the pressure kind of, not really the pressure, but the the anxiety of, of winning a championship off his shoulders, regardless if you agree on how he did it or not by joining up with Golden State. The fact that now he has that under his belt. To me, if I was him, and looking at the situation in hindsight of what I've been through with Golden State during the championship with Toronto, it's all about my money now. If I was him, because it's like I did every, I put myself out there for this team, and I don't know what was said behind closed doors. He probably told them that he wasn't ready, but they probably put pressure on him or vice versa. He could have put pressure on them, and they said, uh, you know, no, no, no. And he still, regardless of how it went down, it showed that he was willing to put his career 
and his health on the line for the team, and he still got injured, or he reactivated the injury, which was 10 times worse than it was before, went from a calf to now Achilles heel injury, and he's done. Going into the biggest summer of his career was this summer, you know, because he was looking to make really good. Well, he still can make really good money, but what I'm saying is that prior to him getting injured, and even if he was just injured from the calf injury, he still could have made some big coins uh, being a more healthy Kevin Durant compared to an injured Kevin Durant. But uh, that's just my thoughts on that one. Hey, okay, one more I'll thing before. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so yeah, I agree. I see, you. I see where you're coming from. I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. And Toronto. So Toronto won the championship on the Kawhi Leonard. So he becomes an un- unrestricted free agent with an opportunity to test the free agency waters. Uh, if you're Kawhi Leonard, going to a team like Toronto where everyone didn't really know y'all was on the radar until midway through the season and seeing what you guys did out the playoffs. Do you come back as as a, uh, to Toronto if you're Kawhi Leonard, or do you move on? And if so, if you move on, what team will fit your needs? So, like, just think about it. He's a two-time champion. He won a championship with San Antonio. He won a championship and won an MVP award with uh, San Antonio when they won a the championship. Then he wins he wins the championship with Toronto and he wins the MVP award. So he won one in the West, one in the East, and won the MVP award in the West and won the MVP award in the East. So if you're him, do you stay in the East because you know the East is not that strong like the West outside of uh, Greek the Freak in Milwaukee? And you see how Toronto beat them in the playoffs, or do you go to the West and be competitive with everybody else and just take your chances? Uh, I think really everyone's coming to the West now, and with the Lakers, you know, looking for new recruits and stuff, I, I feel like, you know, the West is already saturated, you know. I feel like if he comes over here, we already know what he's going to do, you know. We, we already know his talent. We know exactly where he's at. I think for him he should stay in the East uh, with, a, with a different team, uh, not not Toronto. I think just because of the fact that if he goes back with Toronto, now they're going to be holding him to a high standard of, you know, will you be able to repeat and bring us take us back again? And, you know, I, I feel like with all that, I don't think he'd, he'd want to be dealing with that kind of pressure. Uh, I think for him, since he's a free agent, you know, test the waters and see, see, what, uh, see what, what comes your way, what team is willing to, you know, pay what you want and, you know, see see who's willing to actually put that effort into, you know, actually wanting to have you for the team versus, you know, just, oh, can you come to our team and help us win a championship this year and you'll get paid this X amount of money. Like, I feel like for him, he needs to find a team that's actually going to value what, what he, who, he, who he is, his talent, and where he wants to be in, in, the, in his career uh, moving forward. But I think if, if he stays with Toronto, it's, it's just going to, it's just one of those, like, now he's just held at a pedestal and if, and if he doesn't keep the expectations of what people are holding him to, then you know it. it it's just going to be one of those things where Twitter is going to be ranting about like how Kawhi Leonard isn't performing to the standard. And you know, I, I think really he should stay in the East somewhere, and you know, uh, dominate there, and you know, make a name for himself, and then go go with his career, and you find find a better option. Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be entertaining to see how it plays out Monday night. I definitely. Keep my eyes on it. We'll we'll recap it and we'll talk about it next Wednesday because the pre agency starts on Monday. So we'll have enough content, enough information there to be able to talk about it on Wednesday. Speaking of moving forward, real quick before we take our last, uh, we'll take our well last break before we wrap up the show. Uh, a lot, excuse me. Uh, what I was thinking about. Oh, speaking of moving forward, L.A. Lakers, Anthony Davidson. 
there that uh, Anthony Davis trade uh, is finalized on July 6th. He's moving forward and going to L.A. partner with LeBron James. Good fit or bad fit in your mind for the L.A. Lakers? I think I think it'll be a good position for him. You know, he's going to be with uh, you know a historic team. You know, we already know that he can perform and do well. I, we already know he could play with LeBron James, and I feel like that'll be a good you know uh, chemistry with with the Lakers and and allowing them you know to actually be more of a of a challenge this year versus last year where they they basically just fell off and the, it felt like the LA Lakers were just falling apart. I think for moving forward with Anthony Davis going there, I think that that actually boosts the LA Lakers into being more of a of a, a lookout team. Whereas you know, like we can't go easy on them. You know, we they actually got some some people, and, and you know, we got to take them a little bit more seriously. Uh, I think it's good for him, and I think I think he'll do well there. Okay, I, I think it was. I mean, it was a desperate trade. I mean, I think the Lakers definitely needed somebody to come in, as we saw this season with the. Uh, with the LA Lakers, they needed somebody to compliment uh, LeBron James to be able to move move forward and get to the next level. Anthony Davis, he need, he was definitely that bridge was burnt in New Orleans, and fans was getting tired of him saying that he wanted to stay, and now he's opting out. Now he's wanting to test the market. I think they moved on mentally and emotionally, and they're ready to embrace Zion Williamson. L.A. is definitely needing uh, or needing someone to come in again to play alongside of LeBron James, and we'll see how it plays out. So there's the music playing, and it sounds like it's time for us to take a break. So when we come back, I'm going to keep A-Rod around and get his thoughts and his opinions on expectations of the NBA, I mean, excuse me, the NFL training camp and the Seattle Seahawks kicking off here later this month. Next one outside the huddle with your host, Lee Mont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews 
philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. All right, last segment before we wrap up the show. Let's go ahead and go from the NBA and go on over to the NFL. With the NFL training camp kicking off later this month, multiple teams will report to camp as they prepare for the dog days of summer and the tour days and uh, live football. And I can't wait. And what else? Hard knocks. And what else comes with the training camp? Injuries, bumps and bruises, frustration. Oh, man, it's all good. It's all good in the neighborhood. I love training camp. The fact that I'm not in it, that's why I love it. I love watching other players be in it. But anyway, Seattle Seahawks, A-Rod, your favorite team. They finished up 10-6 and last year, second in the NFC West. They're kicking off their training camp later this month, and they come into training camp with a new sign and focus quarterback and Russell Wilson got his, getting his money this offseason. And my question to you is, as a super fan of the Seattle Seahawks and as Seahawks prepares for their season this year, what is your expectations for the Seattle Seahawks starting later this month? I think they'll be just fine going into next year. I think they're going to be exactly who, they, who they've always been. They're going to be a challenging team. They're going to apply pressure. They're going to be doing all, all the things that they've been doing already. I think for them going into training camp and you know, getting ready to set up for the next season, I think they really need to go over the team mentality of where they want to be and how they're going to get there and you know, what it's going to take for them to be you know, the top team that they, they, they were before. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to seeing our new talents, um, everyone else, you know, working together. And, and, you know, I'm really looking to see, you know, what's, what's going to happen in, in, with, with the Seattle Seahawks moving forward, especially with Russell Wilson, you know. He's still our top performer, the face of the franchise, and, you know, it, he's definitely going to be who he is. And, you know, I'm, I have real high hopes. I think they're going to be doing great. Uh, really, I think it's just they need to work together as a team to figure out, you know, what, what their game plan is going to be going into this next season. Yeah, yeah. You know, they definitely – the hardest part – in the NFL is locking in your quarterback, having a quarterback you can depend on and, and rely on throughout the season. And you got that in Russell Wilson. Paying him is going to be – that's even better because now that's one last thing you got to talk about training camp because you don't want that lingering over your quarterback's head or do this franchise really want me. They want me to stay. They want me to go. Uh, so having him taking care of his money issues up front before the season starts is a blessing. Now, with that being said, Seattle, you know, they come in, you talk about the weapons. You know, they got guys, some rookies coming in. Uh, looking at the draft recap there, they got a lot of defensive players. Uh, you got, what, two safeties, you got a defensive end, you got two linebackers and a D-tackle. But the most important thing, you need is some weapons for uh, your new sign or re-sign quarterback, 
and Russell Wilson. So DK Metcalf, he's a guy that Ole Miss everyone's talking about. The big, uh, uh, they compared him to who? Uh, what's the guy named uh, Jones over there at uh, Atlanta? Uh, you know, he's a guy that comes in at six three, six four, maybe two twenty eight, but he's a rip machine and comes in with high expectations. Uh, so, with that being said. A Rod and you guys are preparing to play at home your first week one against Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, do you feel like Russell Wilson has all the right weapons in place to be able to lead this offense this year, or do you feel like y'all need to add some more players? Maybe some players that's been released or cut from teams at the training camp. Um, I think really, yeah, of course. You know, every team needs one little little part of uh, critiquing and, you know, little things that they need to, to fix before going into the season. I think our biggest issue last year with offense was our, our O-line, you know, making it easy for other defenders to get through. And, you know, Russell Wilson was having a lot of sacks last year. I think really with last season and, you know, having experience with the, with the, the new recruits they had then and the new recruits going in now, I think they're in a better position to be a, a better performer uh, offensively than they were last year. I was hearing more about how, you know, a lot of the, the O-line people were getting getting together during off-season and putting in work, making sure they, they have the same approach towards the next season. And I feel like, you know, our line will be a lot better than it was last year. Russell Wilson definitely has who he needs um, to get the job done. It's really just, you know, going out there to perform and making sure that everyone knows game plan and, and you know, knows that you got to put in the work and get the job done. Um, I think really, yeah, I think with our new recruits, with Metcalf coming in, I think that'll be a, a, a great boost to our offense. Uh, being the receiver that he is, you know, being, at, being able to perform to, like, you know, everyone else that's there. Yeah, I just think that Seattle's going to be a definitely different team this year. Uh, for years, we got used to seeing beast mode and smash and smash small football from uh, Seattle, running the ball, which opens up their passing game. I think we're going to see now more of a passing attack Offense, uh, you know, Russell was really good off the play action, selling the fake and being able to open up the passing game that way. So I think Seattle is going to be definitely a different team offensively than we saw in the past. Uh, hopefully you guys can get some kind of help and compliment player or improve that running game to be able to get to the, to, you know, get past the LA, LA Rams. Uh, you know, but that's pretty much our biggest nemesis in that division. Going in, in this next season, I think I think there'll there'll be a better team going against them, and I think you know it'll be more of a challenge than, than how how it looked last year. Our our run game definitely got way went down a lot just because of the fact that we don't have beast mode with us, and we were always a run game a run first before we pass. I feel like you know it, it's going to be more of like you said a more of a receiving game, and I think our receiving game will be a lot more improved and better. But really, our run game, you know, it's it's average. It's there. It's good. You know, there's still a threat. But you know, they, they it wasn't as like having Marshawn Lynch. You know, the running backs now. I feel like you know, they they can definitely they can have a little bit more improvement on you know how they how they can get the ball down more and move the chain and all that stuff. But I think offensively, yeah, I do agree. They they will be more of a, of a receiving team this year than they than they will be, you know, in the past years of a running team. All right. Well, give me your prediction on on your schedule. I mean, what you you guys finished up ten and six last year. Uh, second in the NFC West. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, you got the Bengals kicking off week one. You got Pittsburgh Steelers week two on the road. Then you got New Orleans at home. Uh, you know, then you got the Cardinals, your your division rival, one of your division rivals in your home city team and the newly looked rookie quarterback, rookie coach in Arizona Cardinals. So give me your thoughts on your first 
on the first four weeks of, of season. Because that's the most important part. A lot of people don't realize they always want to talk about 16-game season. But really in the NFL, if you get out to a sluggish start or a bad start in the first four or five weeks, it's pretty much a wrap. <laughs> I mean, you can come back and you can be respectful and, and win, but it, it ain't going. The expectation is done. <laughs> I, I think that they're going to do a lot better than last year. I know going in this first game against the Bengals, as long as they look good in the preseason, I think they won't have any challenge with the Bengals. Really, the next the, the next team after that, the Steelers, would be more of a challenge than the Bengals. But you know, I'm looking at them doing way a lot better than last year. Um, can't run the numbers right now off the top of my head because again, there, it's a lot. This lineup is, is is big. You know, our Cardinals needed a lot of improvement uh, last year, and they they seem to have some improvement this year. But you know, we won't know until we see the performance of them. The Rams going into Week Four. You know that that's going to be a challenge. Browns. I'm really not. I'm not really. I'm looking at us winning. Ravens. I'm, I'm look. I'm looking at at a 50-50 game. You know that can go either or. Depends if the Seahawks are ready or if the Ravens are ready. You know. Um, but yeah, looking at, at the rest of the schedule, you know, it, it's definitely there's definitely some good teams to look out for. But I think I think compared to last year, this this lineup is a lot more lighter than last year. So I think I think they'll do a lot better. All right, all right, cool. What you think? Y'all play Arizona. You, you mentioned it, but what you think y'all get to win? Y'all play Arizona and Phoenix. Are you going to the game? If not, who you think will win that game? Of course, I want my Seahawks to win it. They're going to win that regardless, you know. <laughs> I, I want to be at the game, but you know they they won't let me in the into the dome because obviously I'm not a Cardinals fan. So I probably will be shut out by the, at the door before I can even get in. So <laughs> I, I think right, I man. think against the Cardinals, it, it, it they're going to win. Yeah. All right, team. Good stuff, man. Uh, sounds, so it looks like we're up, right up at the time to wrap up the show. Let me. How much time we have left? Yeah, it's actually time to start wrapping up now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, A-Rod, I appreciate your thoughts and opinions and feedback throughout the show, and I want to thank the listeners as well for checking in and tuning in to listen to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lee Mont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. You guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.